After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, Go through the camp and tell the people, Get your supplies ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. The Lord your God is giving you rest and has granted you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, fully armed, must cross over ahead of your brothers. You are to help your brothers until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you and until they too have taken possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do, and wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them, will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, Like James said, oh, flip, sorry, Will. Uh, If you haven't met me, my name's Jesse Bean. It's a very great pleasure to be able to preach this morning, so... That's all you need to know, really. Uh, we'll pray, and then we'll get stuck into God's Word. Uh, dear Lord, thank you that we can come together this morning, uh, even though it seems like we've met many times this week already, uh, to get stuck into your Word. I ask that we might get out of it everything you want us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, as I was preparing for this morning, I realized that this is, I think Vic said it in his prayers before, that this is the last Sunday in 2020. For many of us, uh, that news will be greeted with a very long sigh of relief. And for many more of us, this will probably have been the longest year in recent memory. Uh, With that in mind, I decided to look up what people were saying in 2019 about the year that was about to begin, 2020, and I found this article by Forbes magazine called Inspiring Quotes for 2020, Jumpstart Your Happy New Year. As you can imagine, laughter ensued. It starts off like this, a new year, a new decade. 
make the most of your horizons ahead by being open to possibilities. <laughs> Say yes to opportunity more than no. Nurture wanderlust, embracing travel and its transformative <laughs> magic. A few of the best quotes. The life you have led doesn't need to be the only life you have. My personal favourite, people don't take trips, trips take people. <laughs> uh, you lose sight of things and when you travel, everything balances out. Uh, seeing as 2021 is about to begin, I searched up a similar sort of thing in Google, quotes for a great 2021. These are a few of the quotes that came up. Don't make plans, make options. <laughs> I think the more unexpected something is, the more there is to learn from it. And then lastly, <laughs> this sums it up. Sometimes a year has been so disastrous and so terrible that entering a new year will automatically mean entering a wonderful year. Uh, there's a distinct change between those two years. I think this makes sense. This year, 2020, has been a long, long, hard, difficult, lonely, scary year. If I said last year that we would have to spend three months in our houses, not allowed out except to walk or to get groceries only at specific times and with masks, then you would have said, oh my goodness, could you imagine that? It seems unbelievable what we have been through this year. It's easy, therefore, for us here in this room to be feeling different things. For the optimists, it may be, well, it can't get any worse. But for most of us, we may well be feeling fear and doubt. 2020 may have, for you, brought loneliness and a fear of what the future might hold. Living on your own, not seeing family, having every sense of routine or normality stripped away will have left many of us feeling scared and vulnerable. For others, 2020 may have left us with doubts over the future. For some, this might be immediate worries. I don't have a job. We don't have money. For some, the fears of the future will be more long-term. I can't trust in the future at all anymore. Any stability I had has been shaken. I can't even expect to be able to leave my house. For many, it may well be the fear of death. That's all we've been faced with this year. Numbers of deaths. Well, how do we move forward? Where do we look in our fear? How do we be brave? Uh, 2020 has been hard, so what better place to turn than God's word? And in the chapter we just heard read to us by Aaron, uh, we see Joshua in a similar situation to us. He's not facing a pandemic, but he has every right to be fearful and doubtful of the future. Now, I'm aware that many of us here this morning, like James said earlier, uh, may well have been to four different services in the last week. And so I'm going to not speak for too long. I'm also aware that this chapter is a chapter that we can look at a lot of different things in. You could preach on the theology of uh, leadership or any number of different things. But what we're going to be looking at this morning is how God teaches Joshua to be strong and courageous. What we should be doing to be brave in the face of our doubt and the fear of the future. Firstly, though, uh, to give us a bit of background uh, for the chapter we heard, the Israelites have been wandering in the desert for 40 years. Makes our one year of not great seem <laughs> very short. Uh, in the book of Exodus, they were rescued from slavery in Egypt and were promised by God to reach a promised land. A land where they could start a new life, a land flowing with milk and honey. And they were being led this whole time by Moses, God's chosen leader of the Israelite people. He had led them through everything, every trial they had faced, every difficulty they had to overcome. 
Well, if we know the story of Exodus, we will know that this didn't go perfectly. The Israelites disobeyed God. They didn't trust him. They grumbled. And the consequence of this was that they were to wander in the desert for 40 years. And all of those, except for a couple, including Joshua, were told that they would not step foot in the promised land. Then if you have your Bibles open and just flick back a page or two from Joshua 1, we finally see the death of Moses. Uh, This great leader, for many the leader of the Old Testament, the one who has led the Israelites all this time through so much, has died. You can imagine how Joshua is feeling. As the one newly appointed to lead the people into the promised land, into Canaan, Joshua has to be scared. His great leader has died. And now he has to lead the people into this unknown land, a land that they had already run away from because they were too scared. Joshua and the people that he is leading will be fearful. They will be scared and they will be doubtful of what the future holds. Their trust in the Lord is about to be tested. That's where we are at the beginning of Joshua chapter 1. That's the scene. Uh, We'll just walk through the passage as we see it before us. And then there are a couple of things that I think we can take out uh, at the end of this very long year. The passage basically can be summed up in three sections. Firstly, God speaking to Joshua in verses 2 to 9. Secondly, Joshua speaking to the people, verses 11 to 15. And then lastly, the people responding to Joshua after he's spoken to them from verse 16 to the end. Those are the three sections. And it's all to do with the charge given by God to Joshua that he must lead the Israelites into the promised land. God tells Joshua this is what he must do, verses 2 to 9. He must do it courageously, he must do it obediently, and he must do it straight away. God knows exactly what's happening with his people. He knows the situation that they are in. He knows that they need direction. And so he is giving that direction to their leader, Joshua. And the way he does this is not by saying, do what you think is best for the people. He doesn't say, well, sit down for a bit and form a committee and then see what you come up with. He says very clearly, get up and get ready. Get ready to go into this land that I have promised you. And he says this to a man that he is sure will be scared. Joshua is having to step up and step forward into a great unknown, into a very new and a very scary period of life. Of course, Joshua will be scared. Uh, Joshua then goes and tells the people, verses 11 to 15, he speaks firstly generally to them all, and then he addresses a particular group who obviously, if you read through the passage, want to live separately from where the rest of the Israelites are going to be living in Canaan. To them, he says simply in verse 14, first help your brothers and sisters get in and get sorted before you sort yourselves out. As an aside, I think that's a very good reminder to us that our faith is not an individualistic faith. Do you have a desire to help those around you in this room right now make it to the promised land? Uh, Then the last section from verse 16 onwards, is where the Israelites who Joshua has been talking to finally respond to him and what God has been saying. And isn't it encouraging how they do respond? Verse 16, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. God knows exactly how to encourage his people. He knows what Joshua needs to hear in his time of fear. 
and he knows what the Israelites need to hear to encourage them to follow Joshua into the promised land. They need to hear the need to be strong and courageous, and they need to hear the promises of God fulfilled. He has been with them so long, they are only there at the edge of the promised land because God has fulfilled promises that he's made to them. God will be with Joshua as he was with Moses. That means everything to the Israelites. That's the chapter. Uh, Simply, God speaking to Joshua, then Joshua speaking to the people, and then the people responding to what Joshua said. All concerning the need for them to move together into the land that God had promised them so many, many years ago. For Joshua and the Israelites, this is a humongous moment. Uh, This is the culmination of years and years of trust in God. For us, if we're reading through the Old Testament, this is the fulfillment of years and years of promises for the people of God to be given a land for themselves. It is right for Joshua to be fearful in this situation. He doesn't know the future. Moses has died. He doesn't know what to expect. The people in the land he is supposed to take are powerful and terrifying. The land has scared these people off before. Joshua is scared. The Israelites will be scared. They are without their leader of so long. So what do they do? Well, God gives Joshua what I think are two points for him to hold on to in the face of this land and in the face of their fear. Now, most of us here this morning are not leaders of God's people. However, we can still learn from what God teaches Joshua and what he tells them to do and what he tells them to hold on to in our own fear. It's these two points that we here at the end of a very long, long 2020 can hold on to. Firstly, we need to be strong and courageous. And secondly, we need to hold on to the promises of God. Right, firstly, and I'm sure that for many of you it will have been something that stuck out as we read through it, be strong and courageous. Four times through these verses we hear those words. Verse 6, God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous. Verse 7, he says, be strong and courageous. Verse 9 again, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Then lastly, as the people reply to Joshua, they finish by acknowledging God's command to Joshua to be strong and courageous. Right the way through the chapter, the theme of strength and courage are there. God is making it very clear that Joshua needs to be both of those things, strong and courageous. In the face of that which he is fearful of, which is moving forward into the promised land, he is to be brave. They are not to do what they've done in the past as the Israelite people, which is to get scared and not move forward. No, they need to take hold of the land that they've been promised by God. Joshua needs to be strong and courageous. Now, like I said before, we are not leaders uh, like Joshua was. In fact, we don't have leaders in the same way at all like Joshua was today. So how are these words applicable to us? Uh, They were said to a specific man at a specific time in a specific situation, not to you and not to me. So how do these words apply to us? Uh, Give me a quick moment, please, because I think this is important for us to figure out before we can read through the whole passage. Uh, Many of you will know that Joshua is the different language version of the name Jesus, and in every way, Jesus fulfills what Joshua was to do. He leads perfectly God's people to their heavenly home. Uh, But Jesus needed these words just as Joshua did. 
Uh, it's easy for us, I think, it's easy for me certainly, to look at Jesus and think he's just a superman who never struggled with anything through his life. But when we see him in the Garden of Gethsemane, pleading with God that if there is any way for him not to go to the cross, make that happen, Jesus needed courage. He needed strength. More than, I think, any other time in the Bible, Jesus needed the words, be strong and courageous. Well, like we know, Jesus did go to the cross and he died. And now we don't have spiritual leaders in the same way anymore, spiritual kings or judges in the same way as the Old Testament, because all of that was fulfilled in Christ. He is the perfect leader and the perfect king, and we are told to cling to Christ, cling to him, to take up our cross and follow Christ. We are in Christ as Christians, and so these words are true now for us as well. Be like Christ, be strong and courageous. For us here this morning then, what are we scared of? What do we fear? There's a scene in the Harry Potter books, if you've read them, where Harry and his friends need to defeat a monster uh, in their defence against the dark arts class, which is the best class Harry had. Uh, And it's called a boggart. That's what the, the monster was called. And the boggart's gimmick is that it turns into what the person fighting it is scared of. So for some of the students, when they see, well, when the boggart sees them, it turns into a mummy because that's what they're scared of. For another, uh, a massive spider. Uh, For one, a disembodied hand, as terrifying as that is. And they then have to overcome it with the right spell. And now most of these things are trivial. Most of the fears that the kids had are trivial. But I wonder what it might be for us if we were in that same situation. While we might not fear Professor Snape, Uh, What are our fears at the moment? I mentioned a a few before. At the moment, it may be a lack of financial security. It has been a very hard, hard year for many in that sense. For others, though, it may be fear outside of things directly affected by COVID. You may fear death. You may fear for the faith of your children. You may fear sickness. You may be someone who fears natural disasters. You may fear the future, what will happen, nothing is certain anymore. You may just look around the world and fear the direction it's going in. For others, like we spoke of with Joshua earlier, you may fear moving forward, taking a new step, finishing school, being a parent, being a husband or wife, getting a new job, studying, moving house, moving city. These are all things that we can, like Joshua, fear. Well, do you? This world, the state of this world, is very easy to be fearful. There is so much wrong in this world, and therefore there is so much that can rule our minds and make us worry as Christians. For Joshua, he was fearing a future that he was uncertain of, And for him and for us, as we fear, God has one command. Verse 9, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. That's it. That is the answer to the question of fear. Now, if you're anything like me, that may well be an entirely undesirable answer. Uh, I know I should be brave, but I'm not because I'm fearful. That's my problem. Uh, When I was younger, I used to have terrible nightmares. Uh, I used to struggle to sleep and struggle to stay asleep. 
And the common advice was just think about something else. Sorry, Mum. You're here, aren't you? That was Mum's advice. Uh, Now, this might be true. We might have to just be brave. It's as simple as that. But this is not easy. And God knows that it is not easy to be brave. He is speaking to a person and he is speaking to a people that he knows are fearful. He understands why they are fearful. And he tells them not only to be brave, but also how to find that courage. And that's the second aspect of the chapter. Uh, Firstly, be brave, be strong, be courageous. And then secondly, and this is how to be brave, remember God's promises. How do we find courage? We remember God's promises. Right the way through this passage, the idea of promises is presented to Joshua and the Israelites. If you were there on that day listening to Joshua speak, there would be no way that you would leave from there thinking anything other than God has promised that this would happen. If you go through the passage on your own, all the times a promise is mentioned, verse 3, 4, 5, 6, 11, 12, 15, all verses containing promises from God to Joshua and the Israelites. They are listening to a God who has promised things. They are listening to a God who has fulfilled all those promises. God knows that for the Israelites, what they need is a reminder of the promises that he has made and a reminder of the promises that he has kept. Again, do you? Do we? Do we need to remind ourselves of the promises that God has made to us? J.I. Packer, the famous Christian, said, I am a child of God. God is my father. Heaven is my home. Every day is one day nearer. My saviour is my brother. And every Christian is my brother too. That is what God has promised us as Christians. I am a child of God. God is my father. Heaven is my home. Every day is one day nearer. My saviour is my brother. And every Christian is my brother too. We've just spent the last month and a half building up to the week just gone because of a promise that God has made and fulfilled. He promised that he would send his son, and he did. He has promised that should we put our trust in him, we will be saved and we will live forever with him in heaven. That is a huge promise for us as Christians. But this is from a God who has never, ever broken a promise. We in this room will know that there are certain people we trust more because we trust that they will keep their promises. They will keep promises in the future because they've kept promises in the past. We know we can trust them. Well, now think of God, thousands of years of promises and not one ever broken. Well, how do we remember these promises that God has made to us? How do we continue to remind ourselves of God's love for us? Verse 8, keep this book of the law on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. That's how. Get stuck into God's word. Remind yourselves of all the promises that God has made and kept and remind yourselves of the promises that God has made to you. That is how we can have courage and that is how we can find strength. If we are constantly in God's word, constantly reminding ourselves of his love for us, constantly remembering the promises that he has made to us, then we can be brave because we have every reason to find strength. I will never leave you 
nor forsake you. How glorious are those words to us as Christians. If you're scared of the future, well, God is in control completely. He will never let you go and he has promised you that you have a home with him in heaven. If you're fearful for the faith of your loved ones, then trust a God who can work miracles, has promised to listen to your prayer and knows every hair on your head. Do not be anxious, do not be afraid. If you fear anything, then read God's word. Remember his promises. If you don't read his word, if we don't read his word, then we can't know this. So do, read God's word and remember his promises. Now this isn't saying, well, you'll never be afraid anymore. Or if you are fearful, then you're not reading enough or you don't have enough faith. No, God says all this to us because he knows we will fear. You can only have courage when you are fearful. Now, there's no need for courage if you're not scared. God knows that. Well, in that fear, all we need to do is cling to Christ. Cling to Christ and trust in him. Uh, if you know me at all, you may know that I love ice hockey. It's the greatest sport of all time. And there's a record in ice hockey that I think is the single greatest record in sports because it's awesome. Uh, and the record is this. It's the most combined points by a pair of brothers in the NHL. That's what the record is. What that means is that it's the combined number of goals and assists scored by any two brothers over their career. Now, the brothers who hold this record are the greatest sportsman of all time, Wayne Gretzky, and his brother, Brent, who we've all heard of. Uh, their, com their combined total of points which is more than any other brothers before or since, is 2,861 points. That's how many they have combined. In this pair, Wayne Gretzky has 2,857 of those points, and Brent Gretzky, again, we've all heard of him, has four. <laughs> uh, think about that for a minute. Wayne Gretzky has all but four of the points, more than any other pair of brothers ever combined. Brent, we've all heard of him, has four. Uh, we are Brent Gretzky in every way. We don't have to do anything and we get all the glory. God will do all the work for us. His promises will give us courage. He will bring us to heaven. We get all the recognition and we don't really have to do anything. We don't even have to get four points. All we have to do is cling to Christ and we get everything. We can be certain of our place. We get that glorious prize. We can know full well that we will meet God in heaven. Uh, that's it. In our fear, cling to Christ and remember his promises because that will get us through everything. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Jesus was. We saw that in the garden earlier. Be strong and and courageous. It has been a very, very long year. Many of us are going to be fearing the future. But for us here in this room who trust in Christ, be strong and courageous. How? Remember God's promises. We trust in the creator of the world and a father who holds each one of us in his hands. So cling to him cling to his word and trust in him to deliver us 
to the promised land? How can we not be brave with that knowledge in mind? Let me pray. Dear Lord, thank you again for your word. Uh, Thank you for everything in it, but in particular we thank you for your promises, your promises that uh, can give us such courage. Uh, And I ask that as we enter this new year, uh, we would find courage, we would lean on you more than we ever have. Uh, And I ask, Lord, that we would know that you will be with us every step of the way. In Jesus' name, amen.